Well, here's the thing. If, if it wasn't a big deal, Donald Trump wouldn't have requested two and a half billion dollars, right, to be prepared. So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. What is going on, Rockstar Nation? This is your boy, Pat Hyben, and I am back <laughs> with Mr. Aaron Amuchastegui today to do a state of the market. How are you feeling today, son? Man, I am so glad you're in here to chat with me today. Everybody's been asking, where's Pat? Why hasn't he been on there? And the, you know, I knew I had to reach out to you today. I said, hey, we got to get back. Dude. Let's do the state of the market. Let's, Let's do it. I love doing state of the markets, buddy. Anytime. Anytime. There's a lot of, lot of good news. Let's start this off, Aaron, talking about the coronavirus because it's in everybody's heads now. Coronavirus. You can't buy a mask for the life of you. I'm getting ready to go to Cuba. <laughs> My wife spent days looking for masks for us to wear on the plane. I know they got some, you know, in your neck of the woods, they got their first unlinked case of a dude in, in uh, Sacramento, California. And Inman's putting out news talking about, hey, you know, I'm going to read you this headline. I want you to tell me, first of all, if you agree with this, because I know there's a contradicting headline. I'll let you read the contradicting one. But this one says, it's under markets and economy, coronavirus poised to wreak havoc on real estate. Man, I thought it was, it was really interesting to see that as a headline because you're right. Coronavirus, totally top of mind right now. Everybody is asking about it. Everybody's thinking about it. The, it's making the stock market crash. People are saying you know, all sorts of different things. So I thought it was, uh, it was really interesting the way they, they say that article. So it says, poised to wreak havoc. So it's not really saying it's wreaked havoc yet. It's just you know, people are starting to say, what is going to happen? You know, some agents have said that they, you know, people have stopped buying houses because of it. And part of, that makes me a little confused that people would stop buying houses to it. So they wanted to buy, if there was no coronavirus, they'd be in contract today. So looking through that article, some of the stuff I thought, well, maybe could happen. But there was also some stuff in there that said, you know, with the coronavirus, you know, people are traveling less. And so it could, you know, impact people who Airbnb their house or extra income and things like that that could affect the market. Uh, and then also really impacted mortgage rates, right? So it says plummeting mortgage rates, you know, different stuff. You know, how long do you think this is going to last? And do you think, I mean, I was surprised that it hit the real estate market, but I guess it's been hitting everywhere else. So I guess it should. You know, okay. So a couple of things here, right? So number one, it has, I, I don't think it's hit the real estate market yet. Like today, like I, I don't think people are, are I, can't, I don't think anybody's like, I'm not going to buy. I mean, I, I agree that, yes, people with Airbnbs could eventually see less people there. You're going to see, uh, you know, less hotels rented and stuff like that. You're going to have less travel, right? I agree with that, okay? Yeah. So, Airbnbs are part of that. But I don't agree that, that it's already started, that, that the market is, is tanking because of it. Now, that being said... It is a fascinating thing to think about in people's minds how they react to this because 
you are starting to see it grow and uh, you are starting to see how everybody's paying attention to it all of a sudden. And the question is just the way the stock market continues to sell off, right? Are you going to see investors in the housing market sell off? I don't think any homeowners who live in their who's been living in their home for 11 years are going to just suddenly sell because of the coronavirus. But but my question is if if you have a real estate portfolio and you think the economy in itself is going to crash, are you going to sell all of your rentals just like you would sell all of your stocks? It, you know, it, it feels different, but I think some of this article is saying that that could potentially happen. What do you think? Yeah. You know, if I had houses in China, I might sell them right now. The, it's, you know, depending on where, where we're investing, we might say, hey, it, it is impacting there. I'm trying to figure out how serious to take this right? As we hear it as an investment in the news and the, so stock market's crashing, that makes rates go down. In general, that still, that helps us as investors, you know, with financing and things like that. With rates going up and down, it makes, you know, stuff a little bit, I don't think it necessarily increases or decreases renters. You know, you, you know, I could, if it could impact Airbnb, I see that, but you know, I was remembering like the Ebola virus. You remember like five, six, seven years ago, there was this Ebola virus outbreak and it was all over the news. And for like three weeks, we're like the world's coming to an end. Ebola is popping up here. It's popping up here. It had hit a few people in the U.S. and then all of a sudden it was like not in the news. You know, they had, they, it was it was it got fixed. It got you know they figured out how to how to how to knock it down. And so it's trying to figure out like is this a a scare or an impactful thing? Does it is it going to be like the flu or is it or is it crazy? Right. And so it's I have a tough time trying to. to well, it. I think it's kind of like the flu, but it kills you. You know, so <laughs> so yeah. it's like. It, it, you know, but the flu kills people too, you know, I mean, you know, it's weird. Here's, here's what I'm looking at it. Number one, I am helping my sister-in-law buy a house and she got with a lender a week ago, right? And everything was normal, right? It was no problem. Locked into a rate, right? Literally today, it's, it's, it's one week from that day, right? I decided to check with a buddy of mine. Hey, what would this rate be today? It is like a half to five-eighths of a percentage point less, right? And it has less points for the same mortgage. And I'm so, like, ah, we got to switch mortgage companies. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like... You, you know, I hate to, I hate to be the guy that, that advises you to do this because my whole life I've been telling, oh, you know, stick with your mortgage broker and da, 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 once they lock you in, you're locked. But, you know, I mean, it's a significant change in interest rates. And so, so I think that's going to help. Now, where it's going to hurt is if you work for a company and that company is a public company, and all of a sudden your 401k with company stock in it is dropped in half, or, or just if, you're, if your 401k is invested in, a, in a, you know, the Dow Jones or whatever, yes, you're going to have less, you have less money. To, you have less money today than you did a week ago. And is it possible you're going to have less money in another week? Yes. And less money in another week? Yes, it's very possible. Because the because your money was so high to begin with, but 
is that going to keep people from buying houses because they have less money? Unequivocally, yes. People won't buy houses because they they got less for a down payment. Uh, but is all that going to happen? And is the stock market going to bounce? And are rates going to go back tomorrow? I don't, we don't know, you know? Yeah, the, I think you hit the nail on the head there that what it will definitely do is buying power, especially those entry-level markets. People are pulling out of 401ks for those down payments. So I could see, you know, Yes, people have less money today than they did a couple of weeks ago. The you know as that changes, that that could make a big impact. But like you said, with those mortgage rates, there was another article that was almost almost like the opposite, right? And so this one was with Bloomberg, and the title says "Housing to Get a Jolt with Virus Pushing Down Mortgage Rates," and it was you know talking the same thing you just said. Yeah, exact opposite, right? Man. Right, but because of all this, mortgage rates are going down, and so now people, even though they might have less money, they can buy a bigger house this week than they could buy last week. You know, a much bigger just, house, yeah. Just their income. I I can't believe that you know you saw that where that rate changed that much. The all from Dude, the it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. I mean, so yeah. So, anyways, it'll be interesting to watch, and we don't know. You know, it's above our pay grade. We don't know what's going to happen, but it does seem different to me than Ebola. I've read a lot on it, and which makes me dangerous. But um, you know, it's it's different, right? And that you can get it from touching something. You know, someone doesn't have to sneeze on your back of your neck for you to get it. Uh, walking down the street, you can touch something and get it. And and also the the uh, the number of people that get infected by one person is four times that of what Ebola was. So like Ebola, you know, if you got it, you infect one person. So it was one to one. This, if you get it, you infect four people. So it like splits up, you know. So that is, yeah. You know, I've. I'm going to, you're traveling to Cuba. I'm going to Hawaii next week. And we've, I've traveled all over the world. I've never been afraid to go travel anywhere. I mean, you and I were in Zimbabwe and, and Africa and all these places the, right before like the government got thrown out. You know, we've, we've been all over and this is for the first time. It's like flying to Hawaii. We're like, yeah, do we need to wear a mask on the plane? So yes. The, well, here's uh, the thing. If it, if it wasn't a big deal, Donald Trump wouldn't have requested two and a half billion dollars, Right to be prepared. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that's not yeah. like, you know, I, you know, what are you going to do with that money? I mean, you know what I mean? You're going to, you need that money in case you need to build hospitals like, like they are in China where they're building these. You, I don't know if you've seen this where they build, build these hospitals in like six days, you know? It's like the same press conference too. We need two and a half billion dollars, but don't be worried. We got this. Yeah, we got right. this, but we need some. You're you're right, man. You've definitely <laughs> studied this more than I have, and the uh, I think you're right. It was, you know, maybe it's it's time to pay attention. At least pay attention to interest rates out there. And we're in the process of buying a house right now, too. Maybe I need to go look at rates again. You do, you do. You'll be shocked. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. And as you know, when you've been hearing these episodes, so many of our guests give us lots of free gifts and share the tools they've been using to become successful. We've got free real estate tools, scripts, eBooks, marketing materials, and more. We keep track of everything in our vault and it's updated with new items each and every week. If you want access to that stuff, it's totally free for being a listener. All you have to do is go to agentsuccesstoolbox.com, agentsuccesstoolbox.com and get your free gifts now.
All right, man. What else you got in the news there? The, you know, there's some there's some really interesting news that's been coming out of uh, the Bay Area. So we've talked about it kind of a few times. Yeah, you know, I've thought about it a, a few times over the last couple months. And so, you know, about a month and a half ago, these ladies moved into a house in Oakland. So this is from you know NBC Bay, Bay Area article I pulled up. Homeless moms evicted from Oakland home may return. And so a little bit of a backstory. So a couple months ago, it's cold investment company named Wedgwood out of California. They buy and sell houses. They buy and sell rentals. There was a vacant house out there. And these ladies, uh, homeless ladies moved into it. And they said, hey, it's cold outside. There shouldn't be a vacant house. They just moved into it. Wedgwood called the cops and the cops said, sorry, there's nothing we can do. You're going to have to send them through this normal eviction process. Through that, they started to get people picketing and saying, let's not pay our rent until this happens. Like all these people started rising up around them in, you know, in Oakland saying, yes, there should not be vacant houses out there when it's cold out and there's homeless people. Well, Wedgwood goes through the process. Uh, they finally are able to evict the people that haven't paid their, you know, these ladies moved into a house that wasn't theirs, didn't get arrested, didn't get arrested for trespassing, anything like that, had to go through an eviction process. And then there was such an uproar afterward that this company, you know, this nonprofit that partners with the city of Oakland said, you know what, we're going to actually now buy the house from Wedgwood and then rent it to these ladies at a low income rate. And so it's like, that's this crazy precedent to set to me. It's called, it, that's the, a, uh, it's exactly, that's a good word precedent. Yeah. It says, it, so it says, we'll sell the home to Oakland community land trust and they're going to provide it as affordable housing back to these ladies. And then Oakland started talking about, you know what, we might start doing this with other multifamily, you know, properties that are out there where they could almost use eminent domain to like buy an apartment complex from you for market value, turn it into low, low income housing. That's, that's really wild because it, it sets this, it sets a bad precedent that people are breaking into houses instead of arresting them. It's like, you know what, you're right. Let's, let's buy this house and let you rent in it for below market rate. That, that's crazy to me as an investor. I, yeah, I, I mean, you, to that point. usually a vacant place is the landlord, you know, there is no landlord, like the city owns them anyways, because they don't pay the taxes or whatever. But, but if it, if, if someone really does own it, then yeah, I mean, you should well, kick them out. I mean, they should, that's, that's. They had bought it and fixed it and was listing it for sale. Right. Yeah, like, I don't know if it's like listed for sale. Yeah. I mean, these are the people, the, the city should be able to buy, you know, do a homeless shelter or something that's a little bit smarter than, you know, buying a apartment building that they didn't plan on buying, you know? Yes. The, well, and it, it, it's a tough, it's a tough concept that I think got a lot of people thinking about it because they're like, yes, there's a ton of homeless people in the Bay area. And it's also where there's a lot of the most expensive real estate in the world in the Bay area. And in those cold months, they started looking at that going, you know, yes, they could see like there is such a big divide there, but I don't think they came up with that with, with the right solution. I don't know what the solution is. You know, there's, you know, Seattle, do you see what Seattle did with that? You know, or do you hear yeah, isn't that, that crazy? I don't. So you know, uh, Seattle. If you guys haven't seen this, the you, you, basically they they decided that there's only certain months of the year as a landlord that you're allowed to evict people. Do you know what yes, the months are? It's like six months or five months out of the year you can evict, and the others you can't because it's cold all the time in Seattle. And the reason yeah. is, I don't know if that's the exact number. You can look it up, but the, I'll, I'll the, do it for you. Yeah. The, the reason is because it's, it's, it's inhumane to evict people in the cold. So it says December, January, and February. So let's say somebody okay. doesn't pay Three their months. rent. No, yeah. But if they don't pay their rent in November, they essentially, you can't file on them because you need 30 days in Seattle anyway. So if they don't pay their rent in November, you actually can't file for eviction until March. 
So people will get over on that, especially if you have a lease that ends in November. You'll be like, well, it ends in November, but I get a free extra three months. Yeah, totally. People will totally. It's the same thing that happened when all the foreclosures were happening in California. And, you know, they created this rule that said, hey, there was this 90 day rule. If somebody was a renter, they could just stay for free for 90 days. I mean, everybody found out about it. Everybody abused it. Owners would say they were renters. You know, friends would move in. It was totally something that people, they didn't care about their credit. They didn't care about anything else. They just kind of stole those months. And I, I get what they're trying to do. I get that if it's, you know, you don't want to make people homeless when it's 10 degrees under. I totally agree with that. There needs to be a solution for that. But I, again, I think this is the wrong solution. It's like the wrong, the wrong yeah. way to solve it. And in Baltimore City, I have a bunch of Section 8 properties. And, you know, they made a rule that you cannot, uh, uh, like, you, they will not evict on unpaid water bills, right? And the landlord is responsible for the water bills, right? Because it's inhumane to evict somebody, especially in the cold months, it's inhumane to evict somebody because of an unpaid water bill. So now what happens is the landlords have to pay them and, and, and then get them back from the tenants. But the problem is if you have Section 8 properties, you know, the tenant's not paying the mortgage uh, and Section 8 isn't going to pay the water bill. I mean, the tenant's not paying the rent, Section 8's paying the rent, but they're not going to pay the water bill. So the tenant has to pay the water bill and they're not going to pay the water bill. So as a landlord, you end up with water bills to pay. It's just a huge added expense, you know? That's interesting. So the tenant's supposed to pay the water bill, but if they stop paying it, the city says, hey, we're not going to turn off the water. We're just going to send the bill to the landlord. We're going to lean the landlord. Yeah, we're going to lean the house. They will lean the house. They won't lean the tenant. That is crazy. You know, landlords should actually control like cable. I met these guys that they had... You know, their apartment complex. <laughs> they would control That's cable. Funny. I've never heard that. Yeah. Yeah. But as soon as somebody didn't pay their rent, they would just turn off cable. And then they would be like, okay, they'd go pay their rent. So it's like way better than evicting people. They'd be like, no, we're just turning your cable off and on for you. But that's funny. It's so true. You go to these, you know, dude, we were in, you know, Argentina and, and Chile and these people didn't have, you know, plumbing, right? Like literally didn't have plumbing. They had to use public bathrooms, um, but they had televisions and they had you know, you know, iPhones and just, you're just exactly. crazy, crazy, like satellite dishes with TV shows and HBO and stuff. And I'm like, you know, how is, you know, that's more important. Absolutely. They'll, people they'll will pay first. Yeah. Like they'll, they'll forget the, they'll, they'll, they won't pay their phone, their, their water bill. They won't pay their rent. They've got no problem, but they're going to pay their cable bill the day that gets turned off or their internet. That's probably like the most expensive utility, like the most like needed utility now. Like someone's going to pay their, you, you turn their internet off. They're going to pay that before they pay their, pay their rent. Yeah. 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 Well, all right. So what else we got here? Yeah, I don't know what that solution is, but when it's, when it's cold out, the, uh, they're trying to do something, you know? So I think this last thing I want to talk about. So Inman, Inman posted this out. It says Florida brokerage sued for sending spam about home buying process. Mm, so, yeah, I saw this one. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- and I think this is going to be really big news. There's so many real estate CRMs out there right now that are kind of teaching people saying, hey, send the text message out. I mean, I get those text messages. I get, I get those voicemail drops that are like fake you know, voicemails, fake text messages. It says a Florida man has filed a lawsuit accusing a broker of sending him spam text messages about the home buying process. And so he was sending out texts saying, hey, have you heard about this? Hey, have you heard about this? And this guy's now suing him, trying to turn it into a class action. What do you think about all that? Like, do you think people should be taking notice of this? You know, it's interesting, right? Because I've started getting some spam texts 
And it is annoying, right? Because you, you, you think of text as being sacred almost, right? Like if someone calls you, eh, nowadays it's like, well, it's obviously not sacred anymore, but someone texts you, it's like, hey, you know, this it's so is- so in your face. It's so in your face, especially if they know your name. And these, these said, the, the dude's name was Ryan or whatever, right? So it was the, the, the dude who, who's suing. He said, hey, Ryan. I found this article and wanted to share it with you. Let me know what you think. The next one says, hey, Ryan, guess what most Americans are saying about homeownership? Check out the entire South and Central Florida listing inventory for free by clicking here. So, you know, clearly it, it wasn't a text sent to just Ryan, right? Like, uh, yeah. you, you know, it was a scripted text and it got sent to thousands of people so you know where they got ryan's cell phone i don't know but i'm not necessarily fighting for the agent doing this it was so flow real estate i you know i don't know what his side of the story is what so flow it what so flow's side of the story is but he or she um may have just sent it to ryan and maybe ryan had called them uh, at one point, and they had a relationship with Ryan, but I doubt Ryan would have sued SoFlo if uh, he actually knew SoFlo. But th- let me read you this from the article. Is, is This is what it boils down to. It says, to avoid getting in trouble with the law, agents who send marketing messages to clients need to show that they received affirmative consent, quote, unquote, affirmative consent, The person you're contacting with marketing materials needs to have previously agreed to or explicitly signed up to receive text. Well, who the hell signs up to receive text? I mean, that's, that's a hard, that's a hard rule, right? I mean, what is an agent supposed to do really actually just not text anyone who signs up and says, Hey, text me. Yeah. The, I think it's, that's why I think it's really important news for agents to pay attention to because we're telling people, you know, people are coming on and we're interviewing them on the podcast to say, call expired listings, you know, call these people, reach out to these, to these people and, you know, see if they want to sell their house, see if they're still interested, you know, do that. And this is saying, if you're texting them that because that is so sacred, the, that if, if they haven't opted in, like you're, you could get in trouble. And the, and the thing that scares me the most for people out there doing this is class actions are serious. They get an attorney to sign up for the class action people are also silly and people join the class action like for nothing. They're going to get it five bucks, maybe, or three bucks, maybe the people that win are the attorneys and the guys that get sued. But it's so much, when it's, once it's a class action, everyone goes, oh yeah, I got a text like that. Yeah. I remember getting a text. Like, yeah. Sign me up, add me to it. And all of a sudden that list of people will grow and it sets a, a crazy precedent. You know, I wonder if it was a text from an individual phone or if it was a text from like a texting machine or, you know, that may come into play as, as affecting it more too. Uh, or, or where does that limit go? Like maybe you can't send somebody a bunch of text messages, but sending someone a text and going like, hey, your house was on the market yesterday and just got canceled. If you, you know, do you still want to sell it? Where's the line where all of a sudden this is like spam and bad? And, it, and all it's saying is the line is if they didn't tell you you could text them, you can't text them. Which is, yeah, I think it's scary. kind of ambiguous. I mean, this is not, this what I read is not ambiguous, but I think in most agents' mind and in most people's mind, it's an ambiguous line. It's more like, hey, stop texting me. If you tell, if someone texts you, and I, I need to do this to this, it, it's a real estate trainer, actually, that I signed up for, 
I think I signed up for something at some point with this real estate trainer and he's been texting me, you know, just about every month that these bullshit texts that they're unwarranted. And uh, I think it's really on, the onus is on me at this point. I just need to write stop or something in big letters or please stop texting. It doesn't say who it is. It's an anonymous text. So I know it's coming from a, a machine, right? But, but it is ambiguous, I think. I think it's very, I think most people don't know what's right and what's wrong. Yeah, I was just trying to look at my, my phone. I know that I've gotten unsolicited text messages in just the last week. You know, just, just random ones in here uh, from people saying, hey, have you thought about selling your house? Hey, we have a new lead source for homeowners who were rejected for a refi, interested in buying this lead. You know, just random companies texting me. It says unknown number. I have no idea who it is. The, you know, some that, hey, it's for this. So yeah, I, people are using texting for marketing. They've realized that people aren't opening their emails. They're using voicemails for marketing, text messaging for marketing. I've even told people they should do that. And so this is like, yeah, that's a great method to go reach out to people. Instead of knocking on their doors, texting is less obtrusive. Like call them or text them first. Now it's like, no, maybe, maybe the old door, old fashioned door knock is the only thing that you're going to be allowed to, to do. And, and, uh, and then people are just going to put up the no solicitation signs, I guess. I yeah, no solicit sign, right? Or at some level, you probably won't be able to do that. But, but it takes so much more guts to do that. And so few people do that. You can't do it on such a massive scale, right? You could text yeah, right. 10,000 10, right. people in a day. In a you blink can knock of an eye, yeah. 40 doors, yeah. So I, I totally understand why they're protecting it. I, I, don't, I don't really have an opinion on who should be right or wrong, but this is a scary thing that I think all of our listeners out there that are real estate agents should pay attention to. Because if unsolicited text messages becomes a scary thing, I think some people are going to have to change their business models. Yeah. And I think some companies have already been shut down because of this. Oh, you know what we forgot to talk about? We forgot to talk about Barbara Corcoran getting bilked. Yes. That was, a, that was the craziest thing when you sent me that today. So, the, so this is a, you know, Barbara Corcoran, you know, she's famous from Shark Tank, also you know, f- famous brokerage, has people that work for her. And, you know, and what happened this last week, maybe it was just the last few days. So somebody had, you know, copied somebody that works for her email and just changed it by one little letter. And then, you know, had hacked their system somehow to see the email, sent the email off and said, Hey, we need to send a wire for this transaction. Did you see how much it was? Was it like 400? It's ridiculous. It was $396,000. First of all, what I want to, you know, so she gets bilked at almost 400 grand to pay a bill like who pays that kind of, first of all, who, who authorizes their secretary to pay a 400? I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, who authorized that? That's just, that's just crazy. I don't understand how that could happen. Like, how could you, I mean, I don't know what her net worth is, but how could you possibly even have a bill that wasn't like a house, Right. For 400 grand, what could the bill possibly be? And the person wired the money. And then when she realized that um, the person who worked for shouldn't have wired the money, it was too late. It was gone. Uh, you, you know? Dude, how would you feel if you were that person? I think you're totally right. Like, that's a huge amount. Like, the, I can see how it, it, this almost happened in my company. So somebody had hacked one of my assistant's emails. And the, to, to get in charge of her email, they copied my uh, URL and changed it by a letter. And they sent her an email saying that, but from me. So now it says, it looked like it was coming from me. And the email said, hey, cut a check to this person for this much, bill it to this entity. They had obviously like read her emails to see the kind of direction I would give her and sent it to her. 
And so the, you know, she was going to scan a copy of this check back over and the people were going to use that to get the checking account or whatever. Right. And the, and then she sent me a text and just said, Hey, just wanted to make sure that you're doing this. This feels kind of weird. Right. It's kind of a random request, but it almost happened now for, was for a lot less. If it would have been for, you know, 50,000 or 75,000 or a hundred thousand, it for sure would have garnished a phone call. You know, that one was like a $10,000 check and, and almost went out. So well, I could see how it happens. But we, we know we know a guy who owned a, a real estate agent that's been on the show a couple of times that, that opened a title company, right? An auxiliary business to his team and had a settlement and uh, the hackers hacked into their settlement files and saw that there was a, a million dollar sale and sent an email to the title company that said, you know, the, the, the payoff wiring instructions have changed for this loan, for this seller's loan. Please, pay, please here's the new payoff, right? Um, and it was all organized and it, it was like Wells Fargo or whatever. It looked completely legit, just like you. One letter was different. And they took a million bucks and they paid off a loan or thought they paid off a loan that they didn't pay off. And then the, the buyers move into the house and like a week later, they're like, um, say, hey, you know, we're, we're getting letters from Wells Fargo or something happened. And they're like, we paid that loan off. Then it ended up they didn't pay it off. The money went to overseas and they never saw it again. They actually had to close down. That I mean, they had to so shut down because they were like, they had to pay that million bucks out of their out of their operating account and their operating account only had like 200 grand and they had, they had to like come out of pocket to pay off that mortgage because that's their responsibility, you know? God, I, I wonder, I mean, that maybe that has to be what happened to, uh, to her on it. You know, that's got, maybe it's something like that. It, it could that's be exactly like, what happens. Yeah. Like a, the $400,000 wire has to be for something like that for a big house for paying off. A, a it had to be something that they were thinking about anyways. Like, like, yeah, you're right. They had to hack into her stuff. And be like, what is Barbara going to, you know, what is she about to do? Or what would she spend 400000 on? Because normally if it was like, oh, your, your Amex bill is in, you know, 400000 I don't know. Maybe she does spend that much. <laughs> I don't know. The, depends <laughs> on how big the business is. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I think when you talk about that, the title company that closed down and how like it almost happened to us. And, and, I, and I've heard of it happening to so many people like wire fraud become such a scary thing. But you know, people aren't double checking the spelling of everything when they're sending it back. Now, more and more title companies are saying, hey, you have to log into this secure server to send it over and that. But I, I have to imagine there's going to have to be like an insurance product that comes out that are there to protect people like that. You know, like a, you know what I'm talking about? Like an errors and omissions yeah. almost. Yeah, no. Like the, yeah, like, hey, absolutely. It probably you, is. Yeah. You know, and, and it's probably really expensive. I don't know what it would be. You know, maybe it's, you know, for a million dollars, it's 20 grand a year, something really expensive to cover everybody. But they're going to have to do something because this is only going to happen more and more. We're trying to get to digital notaries and digital everything where people don't have, ever have to meet in person to buy and sell a house. Like, that's only going to open the door for more stuff like this to happen. Yeah, these guys are professional. They're doing it. Whoever pulled that scam on Barbara Corcoran was a professional. Like, that was a very, very intelligent thing uh, very, for someone to do. Right. Number one, they got her her right hand, her assistant's email. They figured out what she would actually spend four hundred grand on in one day. You know, they changed the uh, whatever they had to do. It wasn't you know, 
This wasn't a purse snatcher that did this. This was a professional, you know, smart-ass person. Yeah, it's got to be. This, and, you know? I mean, and, and then people, like, it's like you, you feel bad if you're the one that hits send, but at the same time, like, the, the versions I saw of it were so stinking good that it was like, you know, I've never, like, the people that showed me examples of it happening, I wasn't surprised. I was like, yeah, you know, I could totally see how that happens, and, and it, that's super devastating. That's why I think insurance is going to have to be one of the only ways, or, hey, that's a problem that one, somebody out there needs to solve, is how can you... I'm sure the banks are insured, and I know, I know banks are you know, pretty, pretty tight about it. I love sending wires because I hate checks, you know? Yeah. So I try to wire most stuff, you know what I mean? It's such, so more convenient. And when people send me checks, I get pissed. I'm like, hey, you know, please, yeah. ACH that shit, you know? Yeah, what, what am I going to do with this? What am I gonna, <laughs> yeah. what, how am I, I going to do something with this? Well, the, well that was, uh, yeah, I feel bad for Barbara and her team. That is a mess. It's a problem that's out there. And so, you know, again, for, for our agents out there, like, Pay attention and warn your people. I mean, there's that one addendum everybody has to sign right now, like beware of wires. Like it's it's the real deal. When you got big professionals getting scammed out of that much money, the this isn't the only time I saw news like this over the last week. She was just absolutely the most famous person that I saw happen in the news yeah. last week. So be and careful a lot. out there. And it was a, a lot, you know. That's true. It's a huge amount. <laughs> so not fu- not fun news. We got to today's news was all not fun, I guess. We had coronavirus. <laughs> news we had never people. is, right? You know? Yeah, yeah the uh, um <laughs> It was fun getting to talk to you today, man. The uh, yeah, you too, Aaron. Man, I'm happy to come back anytime, buddy. Cool. Well, we will we will talk to you soon. Enjoy Cuba. Enjoy your trip out there. And, and congratulations! I hear that now now that you've been running a show here, your your uh, downloads are up thirty percent. So that's that's a that's a huge thing. I mean, that's you're obviously doing something right. So kudos to you on uh, on being better than me. <laughs> you know, I don't, we have been super lucky in you know, January. We did, we had the most downloads we've ever had. It was a huge uptick. It was really cool to see, but you know, nobody's as good as you, Pat. That's why I need you back as often as I get <laughs> My pleasure, buddy. All right. Well, thanks. We'll talk to you soon. Rockstar Nation. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful please I need you to pull out your pointing finger yes the one finger that points at people and hit subscribe yes subscribe the more subscribers we get the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on the million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.